I don't really have anything like scripted out for what I'm going to say here. So me neither. Uh, so then I'll go, you go fumble then. around about it then. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, uh, the podcast that you're going to learn a little bit more about today. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to try to keep this brief. Um, We just kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of an idea about who we are, um, what we hope to do here, what we're going to be up to, um, and uh, a little bit more about us so you know who you're listening to. (laughs) Um, This collaboration kind of came up over the course of... um, COVID (laughs) being like the starting point, not really a a context, I think, considering it is ongoing for, um, I don't know, maybe forever, I guess now (laughs) it's like before COVID or after COVID. Um, but really, um, the three of us had a lot of really, um, juicy conversations, um, and felt like we wanted an opportunity to talk about them with other people. So this podcast is our uh, sharing of some of those juicy conversations. Um, What we're going to be talking a lot about is where we see opportunity to um, look at both sides of something and find something in the middle. What we saw and continue to see, I think I, maybe I only speak for myself when I say this is a real increasing polarity and polarization of views and opinions and tools and politics when so much of our strength really is found in the middle. And that's kind of our goal here is to find that middle space or to suss out the extremes, um, so that we can come to kind of the gooey gray middle spot. (laughs) Um, I am Annika Buckle. I grew up in a really, really small town in the interior of British Columbia. Um, I was not super popular as a kid, but I was very outgoing. Um, and not a lot of people know this about me, but I, uh, voluntarily found Jesus in the church all on my own, much to the chagrin of my science loving parents, I think. Um, and that was kind of a big part of my identity growing up. Um, when I got to university, I really made up for all of the lost time in rebellion. I think that a lot of people do in high school. Um, I also was essentially, um, expelled from the church or at the very least, a lot of my community there kind of around the same time. And so I found myself, uh, really looking at the world and, um, felt really found an opportunity to kind of reinvent a lot of the things that I held to be true. Um, I got my degree. I have a women's studies and political science double major, which qualified me to be a retail manager. (laughs) 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 Um, And so over kind of the next 15 years, I, I climbed the ranks within retail, eventually becoming a merchandise buyer and planner. Um, I worked uh, a couple of different times for Lululemon over those 15 years. And that led me kind of very heavily down the personal development pathway, um, including involvement with a landmark forum for three years. Um, but it also totally burned me out. So I left to teach yoga full time, uh, which living here in Vancouver is a really, really hard hustle. Um, I was drawn into Baptiste yoga, particularly, uh, which is 
notably also quite problematic. There's a great podcast with some of my former fellow teachers um, around that and like a little bit culty. You might notice a theme here from the church to the landmark forum to kind of culty yoga. Uh, I have a lot of personal experience inside problematic contexts. <laughs> um, but then I had my daughter um, and I had to go back to work right away because here in Vancouver, um, the yoga world is very, very cutthroat and competition is very high. So if I hadn't have gone back immediately, I would have lost the classes that I'd worked so hard, my own classes, um, to get. And I was a total mess. She was just under three months old. I definitely was still dealing with undiagnosed postpartum anxiety. She was an absolute mess, not sleeping at all. Um, and I, just kind of had to walk away from all of that. And I got to spend a couple of years being full-time mom, which was amazing. Um, I was uh, introduced kind of within some uh, to essential oils and within direct sales, I found great community. Um, and then over the course of the pandemic, so much of all of the worlds that I have been a part of have um, just gotten really polarized. And so that's kind of what drew me into this project into this podcast that I feel like I just learned a lot about you and I've known <laughs> you for so long uh hello everybody my name is Jenny Omani I am born and raised in Vancouver which is rare literally zero people are actually born in Vancouver everybody just comes here for a more expensive life. I don't know. Um, but I was lucky enough to just be born here on the West coast. Um, and like super unremarkable childhood kids got divorced. Parents put me in counseling so that I was well adjusted to it, which is actually, thank God they did. Cause wow. I look back and I'm like, that was a really smart move for my parents. Um, so it was honestly really unfazed by the divorce and, um, you know, my mom went back to school, did her master's and her undergrad, um, with two kids. So I got to see that like single mom sort of figuring things out and wicked, wicked role model from seeing all that. And, uh, went straight into nursing school from high school. The reason I have a science degree. So nursing is a science degree is because I, um, did not take a language 12 because I passed my language 11, my French 11 on a technicality. The teacher did not actually issue notice that I was failing in time. So she was not allowed to fail me because she didn't present <laughs> that information to myself and my parents, uh, by the, the date. So she like, like actually was not allowed. She didn't follow due process. So she couldn't fail me. So then what I, news for you. <laughs> so then That's I needed amazing. to get a science degree because I could not get into the faculty of arts without a language 12. Um, and honestly, I just looked at the different science programs and I was like, nursing seems cool. Um, I honestly really don't think that 22 year olds, or 18 year olds should be allowed into like professional schools to graduate when they're 22. I think it's just a terrible idea, but, and they don't do that anymore. I don't think. Um, so I went to nursing school, university of British Columbia, I got my bachelor's there, um, graduated 2006, went to the hospital. I'm still the same hospital, worked in their neurosurgery department, neurology department for two years. And then I've been in ICU for the last 13, 13 years when I've done a lot within nursing. So I've done clinical teaching for specialty program for critical care. I've worked as a clinical nurse educator, done a little bit of like ghostwriting for our professional practice department. And currently just am at the bedside as a casual nurse. Cause I, 
it sounds weird because within nursing, zero people say this really, but I, I love bedside and I love mm-hmm. um, bedside nursing and I can't get enough of like the families and the environment in ICU. So I will always, I could be a kajillionaire and I'd still pick up bedside shifts in our ICU because I literally love it that much. Um, when, gosh, I don't actually know what the year, maybe 2018 ish. I, um, ended up getting sort of involved with a direct sales company, uh, which at the time was awesome. Gave me great community. Um, met some really good friends through that, um, which is kind of the biggest carryover I have today from that. And it gave me what direct sales did for me is it gave me, uh, just a glimpse of the fact that people work in different ways. Cause my husband's in banking, my dad's a lawyer, my mom's a teacher, like very traditional jobs all around me. So I had never really seen anything beyond that. So it just gave me a bit of a glimpse into a different way to, um, to work. Uh, but, uh, similar to what Annika said, there was, especially working in, as an ICU nurse, uh, when I started seeing opinions really shifting, to a really, to be honest, like dark place that I not only couldn't align with, but actually was like very concerned about, I withdrew from, um, basically all association with direct sales. Uh, but it was a real blessing because I ended up starting my own business and from the ground up with a girlfriend, we figured everything out on our own, like the whole nine yards, Shopify, like all the e-commerce product development, packaging, all of that stuff. And it really lit my creative sort of flame on fire and having that business really helped me through um, the trauma experience working in ICU during COVID during the third wave. So um, yeah, my business is like my baby for so many reasons because it's, um, yeah, it was a huge mental support for me and really gave me just, um, gave me an outlet as I sort of navigated uh, that traumatic experience, which uh, now fortunately I feel way better about. I'm still working in the same area. Obviously the conditions are different now, but, um, yeah. And that's kind of where I am now. And now I love after making, creating that first business, I, uh, very much love that. And I'm working on doing, I've got at least two more and a third ish in the works for like down the road. Cause the idea now of just like starting up different companies is just so fun to me. So total 180 in my life my professional life. And then here we are chatting about this stuff, because like I said, this is like the uh, accumulation of a s- two years worth of voice memos back and forth. How do you feel about a nine minute voice memo? Cause we feel really good about them. Yeah, we yeah. do. We do. <laughs> Hot tip recorded in voice memos. Cause then you can pause and come back to it later without starting from the beginning. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. It's my turn. Hi, everybody. My name's Lee Freiling. Um, I loved listening to both of those like intros from my friends who I feel like I know well, and then I learned things about them. So that's pretty cool. Um, I currently live in the Okanagan. Um, I've kind of been a little bit all over the place. I was born and raised in the Ottawa Valley in Ontario, um, in an actual village that has actually one cross street. (laughs) So like an actually very, very tiny town about a half hour outside of Ottawa. Um, grew up there and then, you know, basically just realized like the situation that I grew up in was not the one that I wanted to repeat for my own family. And so very early on, I had a lot of clarity around what it was that I needed to do in order to like, kind of get out of that. 
And so, um, I ended up going to Queens university in Kingston. I got my bachelor of fine art with honors in printmaking, believe it or not. Um, because that was my jam at the time. My jam was totally art. And I knew like in grade 10 that I was going to be an art teacher. So I went to Queens for my undergrad. I also was a competitive cheerleader, a varsity cheerleader while I was there. And like, that was a huge part of my, I very much attribute being a part of, um, a really close sort of like family team, um, that I was for four years there. And then also, you know, I cheered in high school as well for being, uh, they, it sort of saved me in a lot of ways. Um, I had some rough times during that time. My dad passed away when I was 20 in my first year of university from, um, small scale, small cell, uh, uh, lung, lymph and brain cancer. And, you know, that was super traumatic and, uh, I didn't get any support for it. I didn't get any mental health support for it. Nobody was like, Hey, you just lost your dad and you're 20 and you're in university in like a really competitive program. And you're also a varsity athlete. Would you like some support for that? Like nobody was like that conversation just didn't exist. And so by the time I was in fourth year, I was in rough shape. Like the fact that I graduated is, uh, literally only due to the fact that, um, one of my professors, saw that I was struggling and basically handheld me through my graduating show and figured out how to help me get through it. Like it was just super, super hard. Um, and then somehow also by like (laughs) a miracle, I managed to get into Queens teachers college, um, where I did my ed degree while I was doing my ed degree, I won a travel fellowship to go and study art curriculum in new South Wales, Australia. So I got to travel there for like a month. Um, and then, towards the very end of my ed degree, I was planning on taking a year off, um, and just like chilling. Cause I'd been in school since kindergarten straight. And I was planning on going to be in school forever. Um, and one day I was just at the bakery I was working at. And this gentleman who I knew from the international education department at Queens, uh, came to me and was like, uh, Hey, do you have a job? Yeah teaching job. And I was like, no. And he, uh, basically told me that there was a job waiting for me in Thailand if I wanted it. Um, and so I took the job, which felt crazy. And I didn't even know where Thailand was. Like, I thought this is a true story, guys. (laughs) I thought that (laughs) Thailand was a small African country. I had literally no idea where it was. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went to Thailand and I lived in Bangkok by myself for two years. Um, which was pretty wild being totally functionally illiterate in a huge, massive Asian city was a trip. Um, but I'm so grateful I did it. It was an amazing experience. I got to travel to Italy to do, um, training in, uh, Reggio Emilia sort of, um, which was what the school I was teaching at used. I got to go to Australia. I got to travel all over Asia. It was a fantastic, fantastic thing to do. And at the end of it, I felt very like, okay, like, I felt actually like I'd been on vacation for two years and that there hadn't been kind of any real work. And don't get me wrong. I worked the whole time, but it just felt like such a departure from like normal Canadian life. And right towards the end of my contract, they were asking me if I wanted to renew. And because I had been so heavily involved with cheerleading this one day, this is before Facebook. So I was on like a, like a forum. Like, do you remember forums? Yes. I was on a forum, a Canadian, a Canada wide cheerleading forum forum because Canadian nationals had just happened. And a bunch of my friends were coaching teams and I just wanted to see how, you know, how they did. 
And there was a post that said, want to live in BC and get paid to coach. And I was like, oh, dang, like, that sounds cool. I had coached in university and I was a judge and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I had lots of accreditation. And so I inquired and they were like, you, you're the person we need a cheer and dance person. And I had danced all through high school, all through university. I was a soloist for a pre-professional ballet company when I was in high school and I got the job and I moved to Port Coquitlam, which is just outside Vancouver, literally for a job that like <laughs> they never interviewed me for. They just were like, yeah, you, you have the accreditation we need come because it was covering a mat leaf. So I went to this school. And, uh, it was at that school that I actually met my, uh, husband, Lance. Um, that's a whole other story for another day. Cause I'll just talk about things forever. I taught in the, in and out of the classroom, uh, for the next 10 years. And I taught art and I mostly ended up moving towards special ed. And the reason why I moved towards special ed was because I just felt like there was more teeth. So like, I love teaching art and it was great, but I found such a deep need with kids who had mental health issues or learning disabilities or a fun combination. I actually think it's super fun of like giftedness, learning disability and behavior and or mental health issues. Um, and a lot of these kids just really needed someone to love them fiercely, provide a lot of really clear boundaries um, around what was acceptable and to advocate for them. And so I did that for about the next 10 years. I taught in school. I taught in private school. I taught online. Um, I had my kids in the middle of that. And it was great until um, I was really severely bullied in the workplace. And I was bullied by my co-teachers um, to the point where like, I just had full-blown, super severe anxiety, had to go on medical leave, ended up going through a whole, um, you know, harassment suit. It was, it was a brutal thing. And, you know, I was the person who was bringing the suit forward. These were people who were known to behave like this for like the last 15 years. They had left a trail of people who had been in the same situation that I had been in, but nobody like felt like they could speak up. And I was like, well, I don't feel like I can't not speak up. That ended up basically ending my teaching career uh, in classes because my anxiety was just so severe. I couldn't even go in a building. Um, I just had such like, I basically had PTSD around it. From there, I ended up also moving towards um, direct sales, which has been a part of my life for the last eight years, a reasonably significant part of my life for the last eight years. Um, and over that time, one of the things that actually compelled me the most was this continued conversation around supporting people through basically their um, emotional journeys in all kinds of things. And what I found more often than not was having, you know, just holding space for people um, while they're having a hard time. So last year, uh, you know, we're now a year and a half into the pandemic last, this was last summer. And I really just felt like this thing that had been whispering over my shoulders for the previous two years of like, you should go get your master's degree in clinical counseling. I finally pulled the trigger on it. And so at this point I'm eight months into my, um, master's degree in clinical counseling. I totally love it. It is a lot of work. Um, which of course one would expect it to be. Um, but I'm so grateful that this is the work that I'm doing right now and the direction I'm heading towards generally speaking, my whole thing in life is that I just want to be as genuinely helpful to people as I possibly can. And I feel like this is, this is kind of the next way. So I'm, I, I'm also grateful for these other women and these conversations we've been having over the last two years, because 
one of the things that we found, which is one of the impetuses for why we decided to start a podcast was because there just wasn't a lot of places that we found these types of conversations happening where it was not so polarized. It was more about like, okay, well, there's this side and then there's this side. And then the middle of it actually kind of a little bit looks like this. Um, and that led us to, you know, starting this awesome podcast that all you guys are listening to. So if you are liking what you're hearing, which hopefully you are, we would love nothing more for you to um, subscribe, rate, review, like, share all the things that everybody on a podcast asks you to do with their content, just so that hopefully this, these types of conversations, these nuanced, you know, sort of educated types of conversations can be um, helpful to people. Um, we've got really different perspectives on this podcast and really, you know, obviously as per this um introduction we've got you know a wide sort of like scope of of personal experience and and perspective but all of us genuinely hold this idea that um we are better together and generally speaking the the most correct thing to either proceed with or to believe in lies probably closer to the middle of an of an argument or of a perspective than on either end um and we're just really interested in sort of sharing these conversations that we've been having for two years, and hopefully you're really interested in hearing them.